spread the word. The JCPenney Friends and Family Sale is back. And this week, we're passing the savings on to you. Use your extra 30% off coupon to prep your home and style your family for Easter. That's extra savings on top of our great low prices. Plus, share your coupon with everyone you know and love. It's always better when we save together. JCPenney, make everybody count. Offer valid 311 through 317. Exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details. Welcome to Fort McMurray Matters. Keeping you connected to our community. Brought to you by Cooper & Company Law Firm and Fort McMurray Orthodontics on Mix 103.7. Welcome, I'm John Tupper, and I'm speaking today with uh, Pierre Polyev, uh, leader of Her Majesty's Loyal Opposition. Uh, good day, Pierre. How are you? Great to be with you. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Um, Mr. Polyev, you're here in Alberta, and you're here to speak about a number of issues, and I appreciate you taking the time to uh, talk to us up here in Fort McMurray. Um, I think right now, uh, the first question that I'm going to have to ask you, and it's something that's on the mind of everybody here in Fort McMurray, is uh, Prime Minister Trudeau's plan to uh, transition uh, people working in the oil and gas, the fossil fuel industry, into a, a green energy sector or a green sector that is uh, ill-defined. I'm wondering if you could uh, talk a little bit about that. I know your party has been very uh, very much against that. I am against it. Um, and uh, this is a part of the crazy coalition of the NDP and Liberals, which wants to shut down Canadian jobs and paychecks and drive production to dirty dictatorships abroad. Um, I'll, I'll end uh, the Trudeau-Dipper just transition and instead bring home more clean Canadian oil and gas production. We know that Canada's energy sector is the most responsible and the cleanest in the world. And I'm going to not only going to remove Bill C-69 and other anti-energy laws and, and grant fast permits for energy projects, but I'm also going to empower companies to reinvest their revenues to get to make Canada's energy sector even cleaner and even better than it already is. We're already the best in the world. We're going to make it even better when Polyev is prime minister. Let's bring it home. So we do live in a, a world where there is an increasing concern over greenhouse gas emissions. And even in the investment sector, we're, we're seeing banks, we're seeing large investors saying, okay, we're willing to invest in energy, but it has to meet certain criteria. Uh, what would you do as prime minister to ensure that we walk that tightrope between allowing the resource extraction in, of, of fossil fuels, but also having a, a responsible resource extraction vis-a-vis -vis greenhouse gas emissions and to ensure that investment continues to come into Alberta? Well, the answer to that is let's allow the Canadian energy sector to produce more and use the proceeds to green their growth. It, we, we should incentivize carbon capture and storage, small modular nuclear reactors to generate the steam for steam-assisted uh, uh, gravity gravitational uh, projects and to generate the electricity for the upgraders and other industrial action uh, activity in the oil sands. So why we can take the emissions out of the upstream production of oil and gas and make this the, make this the clean, continue to build on Canada as the cleanest and greenest place to generate hydrocarbons anywhere on earth. 
So let's talk about uh, getting that energy to market. Now, there's been quite a bit of talk about pipelines over over the years. Uh, even if we were to have agreement from coast to coast to coast about building pipelines, it would be a number of years before they were built. Uh, certainly, we've been relying on oil by rail. Uh, we've been relying on, on tanker trucks on the roads. Um, what would you do to ensure that this energy that we produce here in Fort McMurray can make it to market and make it there effect- effectively? Well, I would repeal C-69 and C-48 to allow pipeline construction and offshore exports of our energy off the northwest coast of British Columbia. I would also approve natural gas projects. We have 1,300 trillion cubic feet of natural gas that could be power a carbon reduction plan right around the world. Look, the best and easiest way to reduce emissions is to replace coal-fired electricity with clean Canadian natural gas. Uh, We saw the Americans cut their emissions by going from coal to gas. We can do the same by getting our gas to market. So that takes liquefaction terminals, and we haven't built a single one of them. Even though Trudeau had 18 of them on his desk when he became prime minister, zero have been completed. The Americans have built seven. The Germans just built an import terminal in 194 days. My plan is to repeal C-69, grant fast permits to natural gas liquefaction projects, and use the cold weather in Canada to help liquefy gas at our terminals and our shortest shifting distances from North America to Asia and Europe are from Canada. So we can use the shipping distances and the cold climate as a major advantage to deliver this gas to market and turn dollars for dictators into paychecks for our people. But Mr. Polyev, how do you do that in the political climate of Canada right now, where anybody with a grievance seems to be willing to block critical infrastructure and prevent projects from being built, whether that's a a rail line or a pipeline or even just getting trucks across the border? It seems that uh, both the radical left and the radical right currently have a strategy of impede, block, and delay. I'm going to pass a critical infrastructure protection law that bans people from blocking highways, construction zones and other major workplaces so that people can actually get to work and earn a paycheck. Would you have applied that law to the Freedom Convoy? So I was against the the blockades at the borders and um, I I said that at the time. So I think that uh, blocking any critical infrastructure is the wrong way to to make your point. Uh, So when it comes to to that, I uh, I would have cleared the blockades. I believe that the, uh, the I believe in supporting the freedom convoy uh, people who wanted to make their own vaccine decisions and express themselves in freedom. They actually were the ones responding to a blockade. Hence the blockade, the biggest blockade in Canadian history, which was done by Justin Trudeau and other NDP Liberal governments who put in place vaccine mandates that blockaded millions of Canadians from their jobs and unscientific vaccine mandates killed jobs, hurt our health care system, shut nurses and doctors out of protecting patients. And uh, that was a major attack on our freedom and our economy. 
and I would remove. I would have never allowed that kind of a blockade if I were prime minister. But we'd agree that you know the border blockades, uh, whether it be the the the, the Coots blockade yeah. or the Sarnia blockade or the uh, the Wet'suwet'en um, the hereditary chief blockade, that would be a little too far. I, I don't believe in blockades. I oppose all blockades. So then, and I, I've got to ask, and you know, how far would you go to to do those blockades? Because if we're going to talk pipelines, we know that it's a controversial issue. We know that people are going to get up yeah. in arms over it. Yeah, but I should just clarify though: there was a tiny minority that blocked the borders. The vast majority of the truckers were peaceful, law-abiding, and they did not block critical infrastructure. So I support the truckers. I think that the, the truckers were just fighting for their livelihoods, and, I, and, and it was Trudeau who was blockading them out of their jobs. So that's why I support the peaceful, law-abiding truckers who rose, their, rose up to defend their liberties and livelihoods. But yes, I'm against these blockades uh, that are are killing jobs and blocking opportunity for First Nations. The Wet'suwet'en people support the coastal gasoline pipeline. There are 20 elected First Nations governments along the route of the coastal gasoline project, and all 20 support it. The opponents were mostly non-Indigenous, woke, loudmouth lunatics who came to disrupt economic opportunity for First Nations. They don't speak for the First Nations people. They say these activists come, they kill opportunity, and then once they've done their job of obstructing the project, they leave and they never come back. They don't do a damn thing to help those communities. I stand on the side of the First Nations people who want to get things built so that they can have powerful paychecks that will afford them a great quality of life. And you know, we're—I know you're up here talking a lot about uh, the cost of living fl- crisis and inflation. And you know, you look at the data coming out of Stats Canada, um, showing that in fact it's it's the high cost of energy which is in a large driver in 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 inflation. Um, energy cost affects everything. If you increase the cost of energy, you increase the cost of every consumer good that any human being can buy. What is your exactly. uh, what is your position on how you will fight inflation? It's a, it's a crisis across the G7, uh, Mr. Polya. Well, it shouldn't be a crisis in Canada. It's it's homemade problem. Um, the first of all, oil prices are low. They're not high. They're in the 70s. They've been hovering between 70 and 80 bucks. That's not high. So we can't blame the global price of oil for our problems. The problem is the carbon tax, which is driving up energy costs in Canada. The problem is our weak dollar that has resulted from Trudeau attacking our number one export, which is energy. And the problem is over-government spending. Half trillion dollars of inflationary deficits have bid up the cost of the goods we buy and the interest we pay. That is just inflation. And I'll fix it the following ways. One, I'll axe the carbon tax. Two, I'll end the war on our energy sector so we can produce more energy and boost our dollar. Three, I will cap government spending with a common sense law requiring politicians find a dollar of savings for every new dollar of spending so that we cut up waste, balance the budget, and bring down inflation for everyone. It's common sense. Let's bring it home. Now, you know, in Fort McMurray here, we've 
taken a, what was a geological curiosity of the oil sands and turned it into a global commodity in a single generation. We have a global um, concern over critical min- minerals, things like lithium. All of those things are coming from from China, from uh, from other nations. We have the second largest landmass in the world. What will you do uh, differently to plan for the future economy, a battery economy, a critical minerals economy, with the resources that we probably have but we don't know where they are or if they're there? Well, it's very simple. We have the money. We have the resources. We just don't have the building permits. It's very simple. We have the fifth biggest supply of lithium on planet Earth. And we didn't mine a tablespoon of the stuff in 2021 because it takes as long as 25 years to get a permit for a mine in Canada. We Ring of Fire in Northern Ontario has the potential to be the next oil sands. But we've only been talking about it now for 10 years and doing nothing. I talked to a First Nations leader from up there who told me that he has been, his community has spent five years and $50 million trying to get a permit for a highway to get to the mine. And they still don't have the permit. I asked if shovels are in the ground. He said, only snow shovels. It's insane. We've got to get rid of the gatekeepers to get projects built. And then we can become a superpower in all forms of energy. I support all energy, electrification, oil and gas, hydrogen, nuclear, you name it. We can do it all. We have the resources and brain power to, to, to become the world's leading supplier of all these energies We've got to get the government the hell out of the way so that our workers and businesses can get it done. I'll, uh, I know you've pressed for time. I'm going to just ask one more uh, question of you, if that's uh, if that's okay. Under the you know under the feudal system, there was a situation where the lords and uh, noblemen loved to uh, to have the fruits of the labor of the serfs, uh, but they didn't want to see or associate with the serfs. And it, it seems sometimes in Canada that we like to have all these uh, things, these resources, but we want them produced offshore. We want the unsightly, unsavory things like uh, lithium mines or oil extraction to be hidden away, tucked into the other corners of the earth. What will you do to sell our nation on, frankly, on our nation? Well, I don't think the nation needs to be sold on it. The feudal aristocrats need uh, the ones that don't understand. And they'll never understand because they're only in it for themselves. We need to remove them and replace them. Uh, We have uh, a small group of elites that are blocking production of our resources. You know, it's funny. Reminds me of when Winston Churchill came to Alberta, actually came and toured Alberta before he was prime minister. And one of the people that was with him from England said, when he looked at the oil, the energy workers, he said, these are not, um, these are not cultural elites. Um, and Churchill looked back and said, cultural elites are but the glittering scum that floats upon the river of production. And that's what we have in Canada. These elites sit back and live off of the hard work of our plumbers, welders, electricians, mechanics, farmers, the people who actually do the work in this country. I want Canada to work for the people who do the work. And that's why I'll repeal C-69 and speed up permits to bring home Canadian energy production. I'll cut taxes to reward workers so they can bring home powerful paychecks. I'll 
um, I'll repatriate production to this country and stand up for our people. And while I'm at it, I'm going to ban all of my ministers and top government officials from any involvement in the World Economic Forum. This will be a country for the, uh, based on the common sense of the common people, united for our common home. That's um, that's outstanding. Mr. Pauley, if you were here in 2013, you went uh, out on the Clearwater River fishing with Brian Jean at the time. Um, will we see you back here soon, and will we see you here if you're Prime Minister? Absolutely. Can't wait to get back to Fort Mac. Great people, salt of the earth, economic engine of the nation. And I, I want to get back uh, with Layla, Layla Goodridge and Brian Jean and countless other common-sense conservatives who stand up for the people every day. Well, thank you very much for your time, Mr. Polyev. I hope you have a wonderful trip uh, out west here, and uh, thank you very much. Excellent. It's great to be back in my home province. Many blessings to you, and let's bring it home. That's the end of another edition of Fort McMurray Matters. Want a copy of this episode or any past episode? Download the podcast at Mix1037FM.com. Brought to you by Cooper & Company Law Firm and Fort McMurray Orthodontics on Mix103.7.